0: This is the Nexus. It holds together the northern land of Boletaria. Thou canst not exit the Nexus with each of the five archstones. Hi, Richie. Hi, Sin. Hi, everyone. Hey, Richie. Yeah? Remember when it was special when we had Redgrave on?
1: Do I? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, rich. <laughs> oh, those heady days of slightly earlier 2020.
0: <laughs> but there's a reason why I'm saying that because I am the savior of this podcast. <laughs> oh, what's happening?
1: I can hear, like, rain or something. Or waves. Yeah.
0: You know what would help if we're relaxed by closing our eyes?
1: I'm not gonna do this again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Think of the beach and the sun.
1: Can I think of the beach at the end of Demon's Souls?
0: Yeah, there we go.
1: Okay, yeah, there's a giant eldritch tree monster in the distance.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a strange Slavic woman telling me what to do.
0: Is there anyone with you on that beach, Richie?
1: There's a slight echo when you talk, so that might be them. You do actually sound like the maiden in black now because you've got this yeah, weird a little echo bit, effect. I can hear it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, the echo effect is from our guest, which is not talking. Uh oh. Oh no! <laughs> Did she get eaten by a great one?
1: Ibrutus, what have you done? <laughs> Put, drop it.
2: <laughs> drop
1: it. Nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm just having some marshmallows.
2: Oh, I do like marshmallows.
0: <laughs> okay, Richard, don't open your eyes yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on this.
1: <laughs> this is how I imagine like, the doll channeling blood echoes for the first time. It's like, hey, don't open your eyes. We're working on it.
0: Oh, she heard us talking she's like, fuck that, I'm leaving. <laughs>
2: Get out while you still can.
0: Okay, so what we can do is uh, we'll move on over to Discord.
1: Okay, sure. Okay.
0: Okay. Great intro, everyone.
1: Right, we did it.
0: Yeah, Richard, don't open your eyes. <laughs>
1: How am I supposed to open Discord if I can't?
0: This sounds like a you problem, Richie.
1: Hello? Hello? I recognize that voice. I have not recorded with you for, like, I think three years?
3: God, has it been that long?
1: Yeah, I think it has.
3: (laughs) It's been a long time. Surprise!
1: Introduce yourself, person.
3: Uh, it's just casative or theomee or hey you depending on how you want to <laughs> <laughs> call me I've got a I've got a few fair few names so yeah Sinclair's been trying to nail me down for Durasine, and like she poked me the other day so hi hello <gasps> hi
0: hi Welcome, everyone, to this three-part series called The Nexus is a Prison. And this is part one, where we talk about the Nexus, the Monumentals, the Demons, and the Souls. Mm. The Nexus is a Prison is actually a reference to something Richie taught me.
1: Yeah, I was talking to Sin once about how the Healing Church in Bloodborne is the most Foucauldian structure imaginable, because... It's a church that's also a school that's also a hospital that's also a prison, and this has somehow led to the hub in another game is the prison, and that's going to be three parts rather than the thing I initially brought up. <laughs> <It's> just, some, <laughs> just apply it to a completely different building.
0: Thank you, Richie.
1: Got it. I'm on. I'm on board now.
2: <laughs>
0: Okay. So, does everybody have their angelic outline?
3: Ah! Are we actually talking about (laughs) Drakengard? The angelic stuff?
1: The angelic outline's another joke that we now have to do every episode. (laughs) And because we're not on Zencastr and she doesn't have the soundboard, I have to provide the angelic outline sound, which is... (laughs)
0: Oh! So, let's first look at the definition of the word nexus.
2: A nexus is, as you have so graciously left in your notes here, a means of connection, a tie, a link, a connected series of group, the core or center, as of a matter or situation. It also refers to a part of the cell in biology.
3: Did you know that mitochondria is the power plant of the cell? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think everything I learned about mitochondria I learned from Parasite Eve. Same.
3: I think that's a, that's the same for everybody. <laughs> I still mean to like read the book, but it's yeah, it's
2: yeah. not great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Okay. How do we actually get to the Nexus from the intro?
1: Um I guess like just to clarify what we're talking about is you you can't die in the tutorial to anything else. Because this is something I talked to you about the other day, I think. Like, you were asking about it. And, yeah, you can sit there and get wailed on by the enemies in the tutorial area for as long as you want. You will never die. You will only die to Vanguard or Dragon God.
0: <laughs> the Dragon God just punches you into the Nexus, basically. Yeah,
3: falcon punch, right in the Nexus. <laughs> I actually didn't know that about the
1: tutorial. Yeah, yeah I didn't know either. I, I tested it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I looked it up, and it's a thing they really want you to see vanguard i guess right yeah yeah that's interesting
0: well have you seen its design it's beautiful
1: it is yeah it's imaginative yeah
0: wasn't it taken from like one of those dungeons and dragons games no
1: it's 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 in lost kingdom yeah yeah Yep. yeah
0: thank you and um, now, before talking about the actual Demon
3: Souls nexus, let's describe it briefly. Briefly? <laughs> it's an open-concept shadow tower. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, Redgrave, did you want to add anything?
2: Uh, well, are we... Reading off of your notes, or are we just talking in general? no no,
0: the, you don't have to read off of them. It's just for me to remember okay,
2: well the Nexus you. <laughs> for you to remember uh well, the Nexus is basically the hub world of demon souls it's this it's this sort of uh vertical tower or spire that um is very ornate, very ornamental, has lots of magical runes, lots of statues um it's kind of, it's very fantastical. It's one of the more fantastical areas of the game, because when you go to all the different areas, they're all somewhat grounded, and it's like, this is a mine, or this is an island with a bunch of ruins on it, whereas the Nexus is like, this is like a wizard tower. This is like a fantastical area. hmm uh-huh.
0: And there's actually, like, concept art of the Nexus, and they also show it in the intro. And if you scroll up, you can um, see it. I put a picture of it there. So it looks pretty cool. But there are no windows.
1: No. No.
0: Like, I would add some windows if I lived there.
2: If that was the landscape, I don't think you would really want windows. Just from what we're seeing of the concept art.
1: (laughs) It's got a kind of reverse skylight. It's got a window in the floor. Yes, yeah, which which works if you're if you're floating.
0: <laughs> Good news, there is a window. Bad news, it's in the floor.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like a glass-bottom elevator. No, yeah,
2: and I always I always imagined there was some physical entrance to the nexus somewhere.
1: Yeah, I I used to think maybe like in, when you go into the nexus, um, there's like a sort of hallway that leads to a dead end where they leave a ton of developer messages. And you sort of get the impression that, like, at some point in that structure, that was the entryway. Right. And it's just been bricked up. Um, If if that were the entryway, it would look a lot like Filing Shrine in Dark Souls 3, with the entryway leading to the, the spiral stairs in the middle.
0: Okay. And in the Nexus, there are also the Archstones, which we'll talk about later. There's, like, these Pantheon... Of, I guess, popular heroes, but it's actually, like, a high score thing or something?
1: It's it's hackers.
3: What? It's hackers.
2: (laughs) And they've tried it with pretty much every game, and and God bless them for continuing to try it. But um, every single time they put in a leaderboard for, you know, whoever helped the most players, or whoever killed the most other players or whoever beat the game so many times within a week of release what you get is numbers one through a hundred have nine 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 wins or nine 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 people help so god bless them that they keep yeah adding in more to it but the the pantheon also has another interesting aspect to it which i think we'll we'll go over in a little bit when we talk about the monumental
0: okay cool thank you i didn't know that I thought it was just high score. Sorry to disabuse you of
3: that notion there, Sin. Aww.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you go there, it'll be like this, this most souls collected, and it's a character on level one who has, like, one billion souls, and they've been playing for five minutes. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. and, and <laughs> Cool. <laughs> they try it in every game, but it, it never works out,
0: you know? Maybe they're just really good at the game.
3: Fun no. um, similarities, though, is uh, there's a lot of Kingsfield Three kind of echoing in in Demon Souls, although it's more Shadow Tower Abyss than Kingsfield Three. Sure. Uh, yeah, because K- Kingsfield Three, the TLDR is that uh, the protagonist from Kingsfield Two sacrifices himself, and his his gravestone is the center of um, the fog force field that he put up with his last dying breath. Mm. Mm. So there's there's an echo there.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of Kingsfield in general, in Demon Souls in particular. Yeah,
1: and something that like we've talked about is that pre Miyazaki coming on board, it was even more Kingsfield, and he sort of made it faster and more like an emphasis on third person combat.
2: Yeah, what I my hope is that Elden Ring will end up being first person, and then we will have an an army of angry Kingsfield fans. <laughs> Because people will keep talking about it as if it as like a first person Dark Souls,
1: mm,
3: mm.
2: and they'll be like, "Yeah, first person Dark Souls, wouldn't it?" Yeah, be
3: hard? yeah, yeah. Well, you
0: yeah. <laughs> know. <laughs> okay. And there's also the statue in the Nexus.
3: Oh yeah, the the woman holding the sword. Is that the one you're talking about? Or are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So woman, woman's holding a sword. It's pointed downward. She's surrounded by um, Solomon Solomon seals all over the place. Basically,
2: she also has a she also has a staff in her other hand.
3: Awesome, thank you,
0: Richie. Do you want to tell us the statue's purpose?
1: When you have got all the Archdemons defeated, the sword the statue is holding falls from its hand, and it goes through the. Floor light of the Nexus, which causes it to shatter, and by going down through the kind of portal thing that comes out of that, that's how you reach the old one. And when you get down there, you'll see that there's a ton of other swords sort of like stuck in the beach, the implication being that this has happened over and over again.
0: Mm. So, this is a souls like, because it sounds a lot like Dark Souls. Yeah, 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 you can't a do that to
2: me. You can't do that to me. Like you, you cannot, you cannot do
1: that to me.
3: I think (laughs) Redgrave would probably explode if you said the word Soulsborn Nekiro.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I like Souls Book Hero. (laughs) Just the Book Hero is pleasing to say.
0: (sighs) Redgrave left the chat. Okay, thank you. Now let's move on to, I guess, the main inhabitant of the Nexus, the Monumental! Yay! Yay! Hooray! (laughs) Who wants to tell me what the word Monumental means, IRL?
2: There's two meanings for the word Monumental. Um, The first meaning is the most commonly used one, which is, if an event is Monumental, then it is an event of great importance and significance and the idea being that it's an it's an event that was so significant and so influential or overreaching as to be worthy of monuments being erected for it. And the second meaning which I think is probably the meaning that they're using here or alluding to here is that if something is monumental it is commemorative of something. It's like a church might be monumental of the life and death of Jesus Christ, like something like that.
3: Mm hmm.
0: Cool. So, now let me
3: ask you what are the monumentals in Demon's Souls? They're mostly dead. There's only one still alive. They tell you the lore dump for. The entire backstory of the game, which is a change since FromSoft used to put that stuff in the manual beforehand. Mm-hmm. And they're also kind of made out of f- wood if you hit them with a sword and they have the same wood sound. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, well, yeah, like I, they're sort of it, it might be wood or like a ceramic or a plaster or a clay or something. But I think the, the point is that like they're And this is very much like a Buddhism thing. They have become these sort of relics, or they have mummified themselves in such a way as to, like, they're no longer skin and bone. They're like an object, but they're animated. And it's not clear, it's not ever really explicitly stated if, like, they're another race or if they were. The, the implication is that they were people who survived the first scourge and so sort of sealed themselves away to become like guardians or watchers of the
3: planet. Well, it's it's less guardians or watchers of the planet. They are the original users of the soul arts, which is yes. more serious. And the soul arts is a underlying thoroughfare of narration of who gets to use the soul arts and who doesn't.
1: It, it probably went with monumentals who were talking about why they picked that particular word. And it's probably like you were saying, they have seemingly become inanimate. They have become a literal monument.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and this sort of leads into uh, the monumental acts as sort of kind of like a proto Frampt um, or or the very least that Frampt kind of wasn't, an, was an exploration of the, this idea, similar to how Koth was an exploration of Sage frake but taken to like a a more exploratory level, which is that the monumental is, this is your your story dump, this is your exposition, this is your go do this, go do that. And then there are some kind of minor implications along the way that maybe they're not telling you everything or that maybe they're holding back something from you and that maybe they're not all that they appear. Um, With Frampt, it's a lot more explicit and it's like, no, he's lying to you. The story of the Chosen Undead is bullshit. But with the monumental, it's kind of, it's never really answered or or explored as to whether or not that is the case.
3: Yeah, the only hint is when they laugh at you and you choose incorrectly. That's, (laughs) like, really it, because they don't really factor much.
2: Well, also there's, so the Crestfallen Warrior and the question of how much can you trust him, you know, obviously he's not the most reliable of narrator But he says explicitly that we're all rats in a maze and that the Monumentals have trapped us here to undo their mistake because they woke up the old one. Mm. And it's not clear if he's talking about it was that what happened in the first Scourge, that their lust for power is what brought the old one up. Or is it even, is he talking about the second scourge and that actually they were involved with King Alant or something like that? And that's never really given an answer. And also, when the monumental directs you to the Pantheon, which we discussed earlier, um, he or she, I don't think the monumental has ever explicitly given a gender, um, but he or she states that the, this is where we remember the heroes who work to reverse our sin. The implication seems to be, because the Monumentals were, as, y- as you were saying, uh, Theomene, they were sort of the ones who were the first practitioners of the soul arts, and they taught everything. And it's not explicitly clear if whether or not maybe they were involved in something shady or something unclean, or they made a mistake, or they were lusting for power, and that's what first brought the old one up to the world, or something like that. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of questions you can ask there.
3: It's a good consideration, considering the fight over the Soul Arts, which doesn't have anything really to do with the protagonist, in as much as it has everything to do with pretty much everyone else trying to use the protagonist for that war of the Soul Arts and who gets to use it.
2: Right there's this whole underlying sort of like backstory, is sort of thing going on in the background where the Soul Arts are used by the powerful. They don't want other people to be using them. And they want to restrict who is using them. They want to organize who is using them. And every group wants to use it for their purposes and suppress other people's purposes. And it's this whole underlying sort of political web going on in the background of the game that is not really important at all to the story. It's just provides motivations for a lot of the actors in the game.
3: Mm. It's a lot like the Spear King in Shadow Tower Abyss, which is referenced a few times in Demon Souls. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Thanks everyone. So the monumental is this, I guess, celestial being or something that sort of holds the nexus together or whatever. Um and interestingly enough, according to Loki in the Japanese text, the monumental is referred to as a she. But I don't think in English they say anything.
2: Well, in-, in English they definitely never give it a gender. Um mm. but I I I was I I was unaware of that because I I've looked through the Japanese script a few times but I might have missed that because obviously I'm not a native speaker like Loki is. So
0: I think Loki is a translator. I don't think he's so a translator. My... Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. oh okay yeah. Well, regardless, his Japanese is is undoubtedly a lot better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: okay, thank you. And um, basically, the monumental delivers a whole bunch of information about the past. Uh, the first Demon Plague, and the Nexus. So basically, the Monumental tells us uh, about the past. And she used to live in this place that could have been a kingdom, could have been something else, but it was like the most powerful place around thanks to the Soulzards. But like, it wasn't enough and they wanted more power. So what they did is they uh, woke the Old One And they ended up releasing the colorless fog which unleashed demons like on the world. And that wasn't good because (laughs) almost like the entire world or a lot of the world basically went extinct because of that fog. Eventually the Monumentals managed to lull the old one back to sleep. And they neutralized it and they banned the soul's art. in order to sort of keep together what's left of the world. They placed these nodes across the land and like these archstones in the nexus, and they entrusted the archstones to elders. And basically the monumentals were staying in the nexus to sort of, I guess, power it or something uh, in order for the nexus to keep the remaining land together type deal. Uh, But unfortunately, King Alan messed everything up because he awoke the old one once again. And um, our player character basically has to, like, fix that mess. And uh, the old one has to be put back to
3: sleep again. Yes. Okay. Side note, the player is kind of lured because all these people around the world are like, Hey, why don't you go over here? And it's a cool place to go. And legend says, if you go, you can't you can't leave again. And it's cool. And you should go. And your character is a dumbass and decides to go for various yeah. reasons. I think the only real starting class that has probably a reason to go there is probably the royalty class, considering their, their get-ups.
2: Well, the Knight and the Thief are also, in addition to the royalty class, they're also from uh, Latria. Right,
3: right. DS1 and 3, you can find the starting classes and where they end up dead and extrapolate from there.
1: And I mean, just if you were a Thief, you'd probably just want to go to this place to steal shit. Because it's pretty much all abandoned.
3: Yeah, and, and, and they
2: say in the, in the beginning, like, adventurers drawn there for, mm. for gold and glory and stuff like that. So the idea is, like, you know, you can come up with your own backstory for your character, or your own motivations for them as to why they might have gone in there.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. So I want to ask your opinions uh, about the Archstone specifically, because they're basically involved in, like the nexus, and in keeping the world together and whatnot, but do you have any theories into what they are, how they work, or anything like that?
1: Uh, they're magic.
0: Thank you, Redgrave.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the little, um, archstone, like, node things that you warp in from. Uh, this is something that, like, I did not know for ages. It's a, it's a skull. It's like a skull with a sword stuck in it, but the skull is like rotated weirdly and shoved into the ground. So it just looks like a rock, but that is a weird, weird skull thing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I'm wondering if it's meant to be symbolic of like, oh, you like defeated something and you thought this is a symbol that you've sealed it. You've like shoved a sword into its remains or something.
3: There's a lot of things being pinned to different surfaces and the environment. And that's just one of them. And the Archstones themselves are sort of, like, are explored in a couple of different ways, but both up and down the FromSoft catalog of, like, gravestones being connected to the soul, connected to the person, being intrinsic to the identity, and therefore a link to them and their, like, specific worlds. Dark Souls 2 does it with all the NPCs if you go ahead and, you know, decide to kill them one day. Create your own little graveyard. And, uh... (laughs) Kingsfield Three, like I already mentioned, um, Alexander does it too. He does basically the monumental thing, and he like cuts away the holy land of Verdite away from the rest of the world until Lyle grows up enough to go and kill his dad. Spoilers for Kingsfield Three, I guess, <laughs> but yeah, that's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, spoilers for a but a twenty-year-old game? No, fifteen-year-old game. Is it really?
3: 25. Five. Good lord. Yeah.
2: Um, good lord. Anyway, um but yeah, and I mean they continue that in, in Dark Souls with the the Lords of Cinder and, and all of that. It's it's clearly a thematic thing that they enjoy.
1: And obviously bloodborne with the graves that you walk to and right. from the yeah. stream.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you everyone. About the Nexus, where do you think it's
3: located? Besides my heart? Oh. (laughs) So it's a central place. It doesn't really talk about where it is, although it could be in the center because, you know, it's a nexus, quote unquote.
1: Yeah. Makes sense thematically if it's in the center.
3: So the nucleus of, of wherever it is, and you have everything else on the edges of the colorless deep fog. But yeah. So the Nexus is probably at the center. Um, geography of the Nexus slash beach don't super seem to matter because like Shadow Tower Abyss, you're kind of going up to go down and down to go up. But yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, um, there, there there is a line from the Maiden in Black where she says it holds together the northern lands of Boletaria. Um, but whether that means it is physically located in Boletaria, it does share some architectural similarities to Boletarian architecture. but for the most part, it is like it doesn't really matter where it is and and like we talked about earlier, I do think... There is the implication that there is a physical entrance to it, and that it's not just an entirely magical construct. That it was, yeah. you know, it was built by people who constructed it, and then and left it there. And that at some point there were doors to it, and people could walk into the nexus, uh, even if that's not the case right now.
3: I imagine it at the center, in that when the monumentals decided to lock things down, that's when the entrances probably got locked down and the nexus started to start floating in the air you can't really tell one way or the other exactly
1: i sort of got the impression that when they talk about like the world kind of fracturing and fraying and falling to pieces that the nexus might have been built prior to that and that's why it's got this this door that doesn't this sort of entry obvious entryway that isn't used as one and it's flight it's floating around but like this may predate everything falling to pieces and that's sort of why it's floating in nothingness because it, it's sort of, it's ended up there, it's sort of like floating around a bit like you know, like the hunter's dream or
0: something. Okay, cool, thank you. So from what we understand, the Nexus was probably used to keep sort of the world or the remaining world or whatever together and it's also used as some sort of a place where the old one naps. But let me ask you, do you think the Nexus existed before the first Demon Plague? Or was it built specifically as the plague was happening?
1: I think I've come up with a way of explaining what I was saying before properly. Go ahead. You know, at the end of Dark Souls 3, when you go into the weird, like, it's not the Dreg Heap, but also it is place, right? And the world has fallen to pieces and everything's all like, uh, or untended graves, where like everything in the world has turned to ash or turned to darkness, but then Firelink Shrine is still there. Mm -hmm. it's like the last thing that's left that's sort of how i picture the nexus is initially it was like a temple and then when the soul arts made the world fall apart the temple was sort of all that was left and then they managed to just hold everything back together so what remains is this temple floating and nothingness in chaos and then the old ones underneath it and then the it's holding together the rest of the world
3: yeah, uh, what basically Richie said is probably where I kind of align. A lot of the timelines for the current cast, I think, starts afterwards. So there's not a whole lot of, quote, prehistory to really go on.
2: Yeah, uh, Demon Souls is kind of unique in the Souls games in the sense that with Dark Souls, uh, the implication is that all of the important events happened a very long time ago um and in bloodborne the implication is that these events have been going on for like hundreds of years um and like the all of the labyrinth and all of that stuff with demon souls really it's like the fog came out at most like 5 years ago like this is this is a current very present thing
3: yeah it's it's like the current happenings is very very new the Alant the Spurred Scourge is, like, right now.
2: Like, right Astrava now. just arrived in Boletaria from Latria. The Twin Fangs just went out to leave. Like, so this is something that's happening right now, is the idea.
3: Even the, like, the human prehistory, like, um, the religion of the saints, that's kind of post-Nexus also. So it's it's a lot of presence. The Shadow Men might be pre.
1: Neck pre first scourge, but like that's about it. It's interesting if the shadow men are pre scourge because their island is floating in this like strange mist, almost like that land is coming apart as well.
0: Cool, thank you.
3: Before moving on, let's touch on the runic symbols. So I mentioned that they're Solomon Seals. I used to actually have ones from a book from like years and years ago. I don't remember what the source is. I think I might have the image. If I find it, I'll throw it on this page. But like, there are a lot of Solomon Seals, a lot of things that are very similar to like the design of like um, Song of Solomon, Keys of Solomon, um, who's, who's the guy? Aleister Crowley brought them up and stuff like that. So they're probably in an Allerster Crowley book. Um, but yeah, they, they, according to Crowley, they date all the way back to Song of Solomon and their magical seals and, and stuff like that.
1: When you go in there, they're, they're on the designs physically, but also on the, the transparent floor, you can see that they're sort of floating around and they're like sort of shifting, like they've been drawn on there.
2: They only shimmer and shift when you're online. When you're in offline mode,
1: they're static and still on the floor. Huh. Did not know that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, you also see them on the they're on the hilts of the swords that the um you see on the beach below. You see all these like the same designs are, are recurring on the beach. They're like hammered into the ground like this has happened over and over again. And like Theomini was saying, they they look like the seals of solomon i think the idea is that they're they're literally part of the ceiling they're like these runic symbols that are sort of sealing away the old one and that's why you know that's the part of the nexus that breaks open and that's why you see the remnants of them below when you go and visit it
3: and for those who don't know solomon was like the guy who also dealt a lot with demons so that's why i call them the solomon seals
1: yeah, then it's not literally the same designs, but it's very, it's clearly influenced by that. He, he's a
2: very important figure in uh, just Hebrew mythology, specifically.
1: The My idea is he, he commanded all of these demons and he had, each demon has a corresponding sort of sigil. They sort of look like the ones in the Nexus, these sort of like lines and circles and things that correspond to each demon. Like, if if
2: you've ever heard of, like, the Star
1: of David, like,
2: David being Solomon's father in the books of, of Samuel, so. He's the one who killed Goliath, like, so those characters show up a lot in, in uh, Hebrew uh, books and mythologies.
0: All right, cool. Thanks very much, everyone. Now, let's move on to a pretty important concept in the game. The demons. Mm. Mm. So, does everybody know what's a demon IRL? What do you mean by that?
1: Are you you setting up a joke where it's like, what's a demon IRL and it's me, because once I commented (laughs) that you were chewing too loudly during a recording.
0: I was actually going to say, like, I know a demon and he's a big bully. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Thank you, Richie. Mm. Everybody kind of intuitively has some sort of an understanding of what a demon is, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, So a a demon is kind of a catch-all phrase um, used mostly in Western religions for evil spirits. It it has it has its root in in Greek, Mm. um, and it's basically just a harmful or a, or a malicious entity that is supernatural in christianity it has connotations with fallen angels in judaism it's like more like spirits and uh, in islam you have like the jinn or demons but like it's sort of just a catch-all term for evil or malicious spirits
3: mm-hmm. awesome thank you i know you mentioned demons in your angelic outline the Omni just gave me a vision
1: okay hang on hang on is there going to be the angelic outline and then the corresponding demonic outline
0: yes we need a demonic yeah, yeah. outline
1: <laughs> was that the one we actually end up following
0: <laughs> oh it just goes off
1: in a bunch of tangents
3: Maybe the actual, the probable actual outline is the <laughs> demonic outline.
1: <laughs> uh, so you'll need to come up with a seal that can control the outline.
3: <laughs> I think I just dropped a couple in the uh, the chat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Looks like one of our artists is gonna get a message on Twitter tonight. Well,
1: these are all these are all uh, royalty yeah, free. Are... You can just no. No.
0: No. Okay. Yeah. They need yeah. to be like cheapified. How would you make a chippy sigil? That's not my problem, that's the artist's problem. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Wayne, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you everyone. Um the what were you saying?
3: So uh- I was just about to mention mention um, his dark materials actually because I was listening to like an hour long version of the main theme yesterday but um, daemons, you didn't mention like the the thought of like Damon's being connected with the soul and stuff like that in uh, your outline so I just wanted to bring that up to do you mean the platonic use yeah, of the because plat- because it's in it's in the outline because she used um, mailer daemons and uh, daemons... D-A-A-E-M-O-N as well. So I just wanted to bring that up too. The mailer thing? Yeah, the, because date the women Isn't that a yeah.
2: joke that she wrote?
3: She did write a joke, and I'm actually making it serious. <laughs> so there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if the Nexus is like a giant cell tower?
1: Well that's that's Omicko.
3: Yeah, that's, it's, well, that's kind of Armacor. It's
0: more
1: like a
2: giant soul tower.
3: Well, Verdict Day is a reference to Shadow Tower, because they're all shadowed towers.
1: Sin goes completely silent.
3: <laughs> oh my god, here comes Richie
0: shaming me again for shit I don't understand. Bully, 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 bully. Hey, Richie, I got a message from space for you.
1: Okay, hang on, hang on, I'll just tune into space with my satellite dish. Over the thousands of light years, a message reaches out to the people of Earth. Fuck you, Richie. (laughs) Oh, they've done it again.
2: Those pesky alien
1: pranksters.
2: (laughs) They got us again.
1: You think you think they'd have a better message for Earth, but they don't. They just seem to listen to this podcast and and complain about me. You
2: think they'd have better things to do with their time, given that they're yeah. advanced
1: enough to send signals yeah. through time and space. <laughs> Although it's possible that because they're so advanced, they actually don't have anything else to do because they've <laughs> they've conquered they've conquered time and space, and they have infinite resources. So there's just hanging around, tuning into this and and uh, sh- throwing shade at me.
3: Everything is automated for them, so yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you everyone.
0: <laughs> so now you may or may not have noticed, but there are demons and demon
3: souls.
2: There are. there are many of them. Wait, wait what? <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's a megaton if true.
0: <laughs> um, so does anybody wanna explain to me what's a demon in demon souls?
2: Sure. Um, so there are many different kinds of demons in Demon Souls. They come in a lot of shapes and sizes and different, and they have different characteristics, but what they appear to be at their core or the, the kind of the thread that sort of links them all together is that they are myths and legends and stories that have come to life. Um, in Boletaria, for example, you have the three knights of the kingdom, that have been sort of dramatized and expanded into these huge towering figures that have come to vanquish Boletaria's enemies. In Stonefang, you have the legend of the Big M fighting dragons and the legend of this dragon god. In the Shadowman ruins, you have their sort of pagan religion around the Storm King um, and the Adjudicator, which were mythological figures, which probably weren't real gods. Um, that have sort of been brought to life. And so you have this common thread of myths and stories and legends and folk tales have sort of come to life in the forms of demons, or that demons have taken the shapes of these myths and legends.
3: But there's also the thought that they used the folk tales as a basis for the experiments of X, Y, and Z, like Alant taking his his knights and creating them in such a way and then using using the folktales as inspiration sort of a chicken in the egg kind of thing but yeah
1: yeah and like people can become demons as well it's not yeah so like this is something that it it explicitly says if you start invading and killing other players it calls you a demon it says what a superb demon you are if you beat another player in pvp on
2: screen and the game and then, ex- explicitly calls you a demon if you do the evil ending.
1: Yeah, and another example is like talking about the Knights of Boletaria. Um there's the the three like the bosses um uh, phalanx, tower and penetrator. Then at the end of that, like you were saying oh, it's the three sort of these they became these towering mythic figures which they are if you listen to Biori talks about them. But then at the end of it you meet the three red phantoms. The way I always took that was that, no, those are actually just the physical forms of the knights that have become completely, like, transformed, and then when you kill them, the red things are the soul, and that's left at the end.
3: Like, I feel like Alant took them and told them whatever they wanted to hear, and he turned them into demons, which isn't without precedent, because a whole lot of people got turned into demons in Latria, Um, and, like how they actually were turned into demons is probably alluded to in as how you become a black phantom and it probably wasn't an easy process and it probably wasn't painless either
2: right but also you have things like you have the old hero in Mm. um in 4-2 who is you can see the grave of the old hero when you look up and this demon has sort of taken the shape of it and come out and then There is the Flame Lurker, which, if you go to the left in the fork of the road, you can find what is presumably the Big M's corpse, because it has both hands of God. And then to the right of that fork, you fight the Flame Lurker, which is presumably the—and this is a topic for another day, I guess—but presumably is the sort of mythical version of the Big M, the Dragon Slayer.
3: Now, real quick is— we mentioned before how recently Bulletaria is, and it makes sense that the three knights are still black phantom form at the end of Boletaria, but the other places are way older, and it's possible that, you know, at, over time they just... their soul is, is trapped into their demon form, and there is no black phantom form anymore, it's just the demon...
1: Well, it depends because if you look at the ones in Valley of Defilement, like the the Leechmonger and the Dirty Colossus, they're just like piles of garbage that sort of came to life. Well, they're, they're they're people they're
3: too. They they're they're yeah. knights who went after Austria, and you find you have to have like pure white character tendency to get the Isterail, but it, like they're also knights turned into demons.
1: But they they're like fused with they're fused with things around them. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, because if you look at the the ones in Boletaria, they've become like, they've become stronger and stronger. I I view it as like, I mean, if we just go back to Berserk, because it always goes back to Berserk. Like a lot of the demons are blatantly like apostles from Berserk, where it's like here's a knight who then has an alternate form that's a monster, like it's that. Yeah,
3: I also kind of thought that the Valley of Defilement demons were sort of cruel jokes up pulled on the people who dared to go after her. And she's making a, a statement about their faith being akin to, like, leechmonger or akin to Dirty Colossus. But, yeah.
0: Okay, thank you. So now, let's move on to our last point. The souls! Does anybody want to tell me what's the meaning of soul IRL? Uh,
2: Depends where you are in the world. Uh, It's like demon. uh, Yeah, (laughs) similarly, but like soul even more so. Like, Mm. depending on what religion you belong to, what uh, philosophy you have, uh, how you
1: perceive human beings to function, you will have a very different take on this. The metaphysical thing that makes us human, I guess. But even then, like... It, it, it's what makes you you, as opposed to the physical components of
2: your body. It's an essence, uh, which is yeah. which is that if you if you break down what a human being is, it can be broken down into a series of elements and water and, uh, you know, it's seventy such percent water and it's a lot of carbon and and stuff like that. And then it's it's what makes you, but what makes you you? And that's your soul or your mind or your essence or your being or whatever you want to call your ghost uh whatever you want to call it Hmm.
0: now what does the word soul means in demons souls
2: so demon soul starts with um sort of what's kind of like a prayer or like a speech Which is that on the first day, man was granted a soul, and with it came clarity. You have the fleshy, sort of corporeal nature of your being, you have the matter of your being, and then you have the form of what you are and what gives you what makes you you and your sort of supernatural or metaphysical presence in the world. In Demon Souls, it's also a source of power. It's something that you can use to, like it almost has mass to it in the sense that it's something you can use as a source of power to do great or terrible things with.
3: The game kind of treats it like a power source. Um, People who use the soul in the soul arts are kind of using it as as a power source without really any empathy or care as to who they are taking it from. Yeah,
2: and it, it it's almost universally depicted as a bad thing. As, like, the soul arts are painted in a pretty negative light. The only characters who are advocating for the soul arts, and yeah, let's do this, this is, sounds awesome, are also people who, like, you would not want to be friends with. Like, uh, the soul arts are very much depicted, and the use of souls as a source of power is very much depicted as something that is wrong and something that there will be a reckoning and there will be a punishment if you do this and that punishment comes in the form of the
3: old one yeah right like the the whole idea of taking someone's essence their entire sapiens and like forcing it and molding it into X, Y, and Z spell because Freak is a mad scientist and he doesn't actually care about where they come from. And Mephistopheles is the one who is actively going after soul arts and then, you know, killing everybody in her path so that they don't use the soul arts against her and also power her soul arts. It kind of supports all of that notion.
2: The only one who actually seems to have the kind of self-awareness is Yuria. Who who straight up tells you like you shouldn't do this like I'll I'll teach you if you want but like it's bad it's not good for you, um, which is interesting.
3: I think the one thing that we haven't we haven't spoken about is using souls as currency, which makes everything a little bit even more icky if one thinks about it along these lines.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's more gameplay than anything else. But like you could. Yeah, I mean that that does have like a kind of a weird, like where everything everything in the game is kind of painting this this grandiose portrait of like this is bad, and then it's also like you're also like cashing them in for for (laughs) herbs at patches. Um. Uh,
0: Have you ever seen those like, I guess commercial where it's like cash for gold? (laughs) Send in your gold, send you cash. Do you think they had the equivalent of like cash for souls?
3: Send us your souls. <laughs> would it be patches, or would it be the grave tender, the grave robber, to be doing those commercials? <laughs>
1: well, because one of the things that that they do in these these games is that. They'll they'll imply like yeah there was currency and you can still find it. It's just that it's worthless now because everything's collapsed and all we need is these things to keep us alive. So it's souls and blood.
2: Yeah, Bloodborne even has it has the coins you can pick up. Yeah. And it says it says during the day this might be currency, but at night it's completely valueless. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, before we go, can someone just briefly tell me what souls arts?
3: And uh, magic.
2: The soul magic. arts are—it's magic. Yeah, it's 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 demon souls take on magic
1: spells. That was the Nexus of Prison Part One, with special guests Redgrave and Theomini Slash casative Redgrave, where can people find you uh, on social media? The only place I am active really is on Twitter, which
2: I'm I'm DMC underscore Redgrave. I also have been streaming a little bit lately. I've just been streaming Guilty Gear, which like uh, one of my other passions in addition to Bloodborne is just fighting games. And so I've actually been playing a little bit with Kyan um, because he's a big Guilty Gear player um, and just doing that. So you can find me on Twitter. Uh, If you just Google Redgrave Bloodborne, you'll pretty much find everything I've ever done.
0: Thank you. And Casative, can you tell us where people
3: can find you? I have a whole lot of names, and things are about to get really confusing. On Twitter, I'm at angelnoMoon. On Medium, I'm at angelnoMoon. On Twitch, I'm at TheaMony, and at YouTube, I'm uh, user slash Casative on YouTube right now. um, Since I actually found after like two months of looking uh, for a new DS4, I'm going to finish Shadow Tower Abyss. So, look out for that on my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, it'll be my favorite floor, and it's like the last floor, so I'll probably be recording that later today, actually. So take a look at that. Hopefully I didn't confuse you with all of my names.
1: You also have a Discord server.
3: Oh right, I have a Discord server. Uh, my The link is pinned to the top of my Twitter, so if you go to at AngelNoMoon, you'll either You'll find the link to my Discord server. So if you want to come and hang out and talk about why trees are weird and crazy in every FromSoft game ever made, ever, come and chat.
2: Well, it's it's they they have a fascination with the sort of Nordic mythology and the world tree sort of aspect of it.
3: Yeah, it's not just Yggdrasil, but yeah, like the old one. But that's tree, a lot of
2: it. But like, the old it. one is just a acre- is just
3: drizzle. Well, Kingsfield 0 or Kingsfield 1, depending on how you decide the number, it, it, the final boss is a tree because he's sucking up the soul of the earth and he's using it to power. And then there's, you know, Shadow Tower Abyss, which is an upside down growing spaceship tree because the sun burns its leaves and it has to grow upside down.
0: Okay, y'all, this isn't a fucking scientific paper. We don't have to come up with a new question
3: at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, that's it. Bye! <laughs>